Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Millennial Love, the independent lifestyle desk's weekly podcast on love, dating and relationships. Hosted by me, Rachel Hosey, assistant lifestyle editor. And me, Olivia Petter, lifestyle writer. There's no shortage of podcasts on the subject of love out there, but we felt there weren't any that really reflected our own experiences as two single ladies in our 20s navigating the murky waters of dating today. And that's why we decided to launch Millennial Love. This week, we are delighted to be joined by journalist and author Emily Hill. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, and congratulations on your book. It's Thank your debut you. book. Is that right? Bad Romance? Yes. And I also wrote it because no books out there express the true misery of what it's like to be single in London. <laughs> I wrote most of it when I was your age. Like, I was in my 20s. Really? It took me so long to get published. Uh, now I'm a grand old lady. Um, You're not an old lady. very long ago. But, uh, yes. Um, yeah. Oh, that's so interesting that you think it's, uh, it's, it's sort of tragic. And Do you really believe that, being single in London? I don't believe it's tragic, but I do believe... Uh, I think a lot of, I mean, we'll probably talk about those later because yeah. we're talking about these terrible messages. Or maybe mm. I'll just start off as, as we mean to go on. But um, I was contacted, so I used to do a, a, very briefly did a dating column for Style at the Sunday Times. Mm. And I used to get inundated with all these tales from these girls in London saying, I'm so glad you're telling it how it is because we hate dating. We've gone off it. It's just awful. And this one girl who now follows me on Instagram, who's very, very beautiful, basically said a man had contacted her on Snapchat. And the first message was, by the look of your hair, you look like you do anal. <gasps> Jesus Christ. But that is what it's like out there. Do you know what? I think that actually really sets the tone for today's podcast, yeah. doesn't it, ladies? I think there's going to be a, a very clear theme for this episode. Also, for our, this sets the precedent for what's going on in our own bleak love lives right now. Um, before we get into that, though, do you want to tell us a bit about the book, Emily? Yes, please explain briefly what it is. Okay, so the book is called Bad Romance, and it's essentially um, short stories, one after the other, but they're all they're all about women so i think like we're a bit underrepresented in the literature because it's always certain types of girls who get to tell their story and we're kind of quite gutsy kind of independent girls and aren't really satisfied by chiclet i hope to think like mm. a lot of us like I, i'm certainly like i read a lot of books like jean reese and uh very old kind of writers, like a lot of Russian writers as well, um, who I feel like speak to me, whereas what's out there doesn't really. So what I wanted to do with Bad Romance was tell our tales because they don't really end up in a happily ever after. It's just not neat. And so each of the tales is kind of, I wanted to do all kinds of women. So I've got a divorcee in there, um, a, a widow, uh, lots of single girls who are pretty defiant, I hope. And, uh, yeah, uh, quite a few mad sort of interesting takes 
And what I love about my heroines, what I wanted to do with my heroines more than anything, is not have them be victims. Mm. Have them to take vicious revenge mm. if necessary. Because in my life, um, I mean, they're all kind of takes on my life to a certain extent. Like certain things have happened to me and I have never kind of responded in the way that little dark voice in my head was saying, you can't put up with this. How very dare they? Mm. Um, so in the book, my girls get their own back. I think that was one thing that I really liked about the stories and, and the short story form obviously lends itself to this, but the characters are very, they're very exaggerated and the stories themselves can be quite hyperbolic, I think. Yeah. Like the goddess sequence yeah. one. It's sort of like a playful take on, I think it was, was it Julie Birchall who said that it was like hallucinogenics yeah. of romance and yeah. these fantasies that you convince yourself into when you're dating. You just lose your mind when you yeah. like someone. And I think it really relays that in a very like surrealistic, but also yeah. very true way. Well, I'm really glad to hear that. That's exactly what I wanted to get to. <laughs> I wanted to have. Um, originally, I had... Um, I had epigrams to every story um, because uh, I read this book once that had epigrams on these short stories and I thought they were brilliant and they kind of accessed other works because what I like re about works is like you read one work and then there's a reference to another work and you mm -hmm. kind of mm. burrow backwards and you can find these amazing women that you're not really aware of but the one for goddess sequence is kind of like a coda for the whole book, really, because it was by Pablo Picasso. And he said there are two types of women, goddesses and doormats. <laughs> and so I think in my life, I have run the risk quite a lot of being a doormat. And all my heroines kind of basically say, I'm not going to be a doormat. I'm going to be a goddess. And, and this is how I'm going to do things. They, they're survivors and they're victors and they're... Yeah, I, I think I, I, one of somebody who I really, really admire said... I love your work because it gives the kind of the devil on your shoulders kind of what that would he would or she would say you know the the things the thoughts that you can't say out loud yeah. they're all in there <laughs> and it's sort of the opposite of the way single women have been and I know you've spoken about yeah. this before betrayed in literature beforehand yeah. like Carrie Bradshaw and like yeah. Bridget Jones yeah you know you have these empowering kind of female single figures but they always end up with the guy at the end of the exactly. film or the story it's like yeah. really there's no modern yeah I kept banging away again and again and again and again like when I was trying to get, I could fail to get an agent yeah. for a very long time then fail to get a publisher then had to crowdfund it and I kept saying there's more women alive today than at any point in history and our last iconic single women are Carrie Bradshaw and Bridget Jones mm. Bridget Jones was 20 years ago um, she's married and she has a baby now mm. um, and you know, what they did to to Samantha, who I think is the standout character of Sex and the City, the way they've kind of reduced her to this Falstaffian figure mm. right in the end. It was just like she was the brilliant one who yeah. wasn't conforming at all. And all we have is like, OK, it's, it's like when women were, you know, when single women were a new thing, it's like society paid attention and you kind of you you had these particular women but now it's like oh, it's done it's completely over and then you kind of get and then there's Fleabag but then I would argue I found Fleabag problematic in the extreme I couldn't really get into Fleabag really? I, I couldn't um, no I know everybody did and I was like what's wrong with me Why if anyone doesn't know by the way Fleabag is um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge had this series on was it on BBC Three it was on somewhere on the BBC and I think there's a new series coming out soon but um, it was quite praised for being this um, you know, very modern depiction of life as a single woman because she was very open about wanting sex, et cetera, et cetera. But just found her a bit desperate. Like, I hope, like, none of my heroines are desperate. They're making valid life choices that 
you know, I just get annoyed because it's like you have this, you still have the cult of the white wedding and like that's celebrated. But if you do anything else, you try publishing a book, you do anything else, it doesn't matter. It's just, it's, and that's so regressive. It's, you know, that we live in so many different ways. And I just think if this was like happening to men, we would hear about it. We would hear about, okay, you know, for centuries, men have behaved like this and now they're not behaving like this. And there would be all this literature, but actually like, you know, my mum got married when she was 21, had me when she was 24. Like, you know, a generation ago, women were leading conventional kind of Jane Austen-y kind of the most important part of your life is to decide, you know, to make sure you marry a certain person. And now like we still want to marry the right person but we're taking longer to do it and that's quite brave I mean Rebecca Traster did this brilliant book in America that was like a you know a course action about how revolutionary it is like you know we used to be not very long ago and people forget this we used to be economically dependent on men Mm. and now we're not actually younger women are actually out earning men and then so that brings in Mm. a whole other load of problems and like marriage isn't necessarily about love And that's what's so great about your podcast title, I think, because it's millennial love. And it's like, and I think we are doing things differently now, but nobody's really exploring it. And I think it's important that we do. Completely agree. That's what we're doing today, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This week, we are going to be talking about heartbreak and how it affects us, um, how it can send us into this state of unrelenting and self-inflicted torment, um, which is something Olivia has been writing about this week. And we're also going to talk about overdating, which is something I've written about and possibly have experience in. And this is the idea that dating too much could be hindering your chances of finding love. But before we get on to that, let's have a little catch up, Olivia. What's been going on? My love life is rather flaccid at the moment, <laughs> to be honest. Flaccid yeah. was an excellent choice Thank of words. Thank you word. very much. I had, I had two dates um, over the last two weeks and both of them got cancelled the night before. <gasps> no. And it was the boys who cancelled. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. Um, so pff, I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. I what swore. reasons Whoops. did they give? Um, one was ill, one had a work thing. Lame. But, you totally know, lame. man flu, really, mm. in inverted commas, mm. and a work thing, like, all this trick in the bloody book. Lame, lame, lame. Um, so I think I'm going to take a dating sabbatical mm-hmm. for a while. Yep. I'm yeah. one of those. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting you say that because I think I'm I'm fully have got dating fatigue. Mm. The fuck boy I mentioned last week, <laughs> I wasn't 100% sure if he was a fuck boy. I've decided is a... 100% fuck boy. What a shame. And so I've been on on some dating apps this week and I I'm I'm this close and I realize I can't say this close cuz I'm making a really small distance between my fingers right now and I'm this close to quitting dating apps. I've had just some awful exchanges. I actually went on Tinder for the first time in months cuz I was like, you know what? Maybe Tinder's all right these days. Maybe it's not just, you know, guys trying to hook up with you. And um, I th- there's one guy messaged me. I replied saying, like, one thing. And then I just had a really busy few days. And I, I didn't have time to reply. And he sent, like, winky emoji. Question mark, question mark. And I, I just genuinely had not had time to reply. And then he just goes, fancy hooking up tonight. And I was just like, mate, yeah, no. no. Why would you think I would want to do that? Like, how desperate are you? And then there was this other guy who, this was actually on Bumble, um, I did. This is my new favorite opener, actually. And Livy thinks this is ridiculous because I she, couldn't stop laughing when she, she said thinks this I'm too obsessed. Earlier. You know what? She thinks I'm too obsessed with food, which may be true, but that's not an issue for this podcast. Um, <laughs> and I find this is actually a very successful opener. My reply rate is very high. I say, um, 
basically it's a brunch related question. <laughs> I go pancakes, full English or avo on toast. That's my opener. So, nice. you know, thank nice. you very much. Yeah. You get a lot from that. And this guy just replies with shag question mark. No. Yeah. And see, I was really like, I was really no. like, Jesus fucking Christ. And I replied to him going like, thank you for your kind offer, but no, thank you. I'm going to decline. And then I asked him, how often do you get a positive response rate from that? And he hasn't replied. But Livy said she thought actually this was hilarious from him. <laughs> I mean, I think he's obviously a bit of a douchebag, but I just think your question is really funny. And he was probably just making fun of the question a bit. I think food works. I mean, they're, right. like Megan, who I used to write the column with, mm. re- there was some statistic about like if you mention guacamole in your profile, you get like yeah. m- a massive increase. Really? In, yeah, it's success. And it's funny because that happened to me on Saturday morning. Like this very, very handsome man. I never get ha- handsome men never message me. <laughs> and uh, first thing in the morning on Saturday, he was like, fancy a bagel? And I was thinking, like, yes, I do fancy a bagel. <laughs> so I wrote back saying, yeah. Um, and then he was like, or oh, you could just come over for mine, to mine for coffee. And I was like, I thought that was an original opener. Mm. I didn't think it was just an invitation. And then he got really affronted. Uh, and then it became one of those nasty uh, exchanges. And you're just like, oh, oh they for don't God's like sake. that when you reject them. No, but the thing is, it's like, who does respond positively to that? That's what I don't understand. <laughs> but I, I'm just like very, food is so important. <laughs> there was this other guy, I was, uh, you can tell I spent a lot of my Bumble exchanges talking about food. I said, I was like, what did you have for dinner? And he was like, frozen pizza. And that was my first, oh dear, oh, strike dear. one. And then he goes, what did you have? And I was like, I made a deconstructed aubergine parmigiana. And, which was true. And then he Why went... Why deconstructed, sorry? Because it like wasn't in, um, it wasn't in like a baking tray as it would usually be. Okay. It was sort of just like layered up and all falling over the place. Really, it was just a messy parmigiana, but <laughs> I called it deconstructed. And, um, and he was like, oh, I need to Google that. And I was like, mate... How do you not know what an aubergine parmigiana is? Am I being a food snob? I don't know. If you you don't know, you need to eat one. Exactly. You need to find out as quickly as possible that they they don't know their food. Right? Exactly. Anyway, um, I sort of ranted about that for a a little while. (laughs) Shall we we move on to bio of the week? Yeah. So this is from Henry23. And I really like this bio because it sort of takes elements from a couple of our previous favourite bios of the week. He says... Gentlemen in the streets, Theresa May in the wheats. <laughs> it nice. really makes me nice. laugh. I like that. I like That's the good. rhyming. And we actually have an honourable honorable mention to another bio that Olivia found, which was bilingual and ready to mingle. Nice. I just like anything that rhymes. Rhyming. Yeah, we've That's got some the good way rhymes here. And I should note that Rachel has sort of stolen I have. <laughs> his bio, well, but I, upgraded it. Yes, well, you know, trilingual over here and ready to mingle. Nice. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so thanks for that. I've now updated my bio. Right. How can you get over a broken heart, guys? God, so I actually had no idea really about what heartbreak actually does to the brain until I started writing this article and I spoke to a psychologist about it and he said that there are actual studies of the brain that show that you react to the same way uh, to a broken heart as if you were a cocaine addict yeah, going through a withdrawal. Yeah. And it's like it's love, crazy. you can literally be addicted to yeah. love and to that person. Yeah. So when that person suddenly is cut off from you, against your will (laughs) you go through those withdrawal symptoms and you can just spiral into this descent is it withdrawal from love or withdrawal from that person i think it can it's both yeah it's the person i think because the person is the love object yeah Mm. so i suppose as well if you don't see it coming and then suddenly 
it's taken from you because that can totally happen, can't it? You can have no clue that someone's about to dump you. Yeah. I, I mean, most of that book is about not realising when a man was about to dump me. No, <laughs> no, actually, um, there aren't many dumpings, actually, now I think about it. But I think it's impossible to get over love, actually. I don't think you ever get over it. Really? I think when you've ever really been in love with someone, you're always a bit in love with them. Like, no matter how mm. long, I think so. Like, I've only been properly in love. I mean, like, I think there's different kinds of love. There's the sexual passion love mm. that kind of goes off. And I'd say the man who inspired the goddess sequence one was this poet. He, he inspired it and he just wrecked my life. It was awful. It was just an absolute worst thing ever. I used to wake up in my sleep because I was crying. It was oh that God. bad. I'd never been that bad before. Um, and I got over him because I'd kind of got over to the end of him. And it had been so bad you, I couldn't love him anymore because he'd been so unpleasant to me. And it's kind of like the Wendy Cope thing, like if you understand them, like mm. uh, um, there's two cures for love, she says. You know, one is don't phone, don't write a letter. The other way, get to know him better. Like if you get to know a man that you're in love with and you realise that he's just totally nasty to you, then I think you can. You can get it. It's really painful and you get that nasty withdrawal and it's really hard not to text and mm. it's really hard to sleep and you can't eat and all those kind of stereotypical things that, you know, jazz singers sing about. <laughs> um, but uh, with when you, I think when you're really in love with someone and I just think, I don't think, it, personally, I don't think it ever goes away because I think it's like loving your parents or loving your mm. child if you have a child is something or loving your brother or loving a, your best friend mm. like even if you I mean like I've got friends that I've sometimes you fall out with them and you don't really see them but there's there's yeah. what they meant to you in that particular time and I don't fall in I haven't really fallen in love that much so I, it, I think it depends how often it happens and who the yeah. person is. I think it's interesting because maybe there is a sort of everlasting fondness. Yeah. But what if it, what if the person cheated on you or something and there's all this anger as well? Can you still... I think it, that helps, to be honest. I think, if they've, I think if they've done something so wretched to you that they've kind of destroyed your life then you can kind of get over it. And mm, I think yeah. that that's an important thing to do, like when you're trying to get over someone, is try to realise the bad bits of them rather than fantasising about how wonderful it was at a certain yeah. point. I think that's a real common trap, though, for people who have been dumped, is that they idealise yeah. that relationship. And, you know, if they haven't done something obviously hurtful and horrible to you it's very easy to forget about those yeah. bad look things back with rose tinted glasses exactly and just look back with this idealized view of that person and to the point where your memories become so distorted and far from reality mm. that it's impossible for you to ever really get over yeah because i mean it's not real but the mind is so powerful you have to remember that he was actually a dickhead yeah yeah <laughs> i mean that's why i really wanted to write my book because i think the best writing that ever is like amy winehouse with that back to black album i listen to that again and again and again so and her good. response is every bad situation is a blues song waiting to happen and i think like so much of what i've read that's really kind of got me like i just reread pride and prejudice that book is just such a killer book mm. it's so great because mm. you know every time you read it you can read it for someone else and and like it was weird because obviously there's the lizzie and the darcy thing but actually if you look at jane what happens to jane like it's it's terrible and it's it's really funny that you know in the 18th century 
this was going on. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like timeless. And Mm -hmm. it's almost like in our society today, we don't really pay attention to it. It's like the whole Tinder thing. Like if, you know, I think dating apps, that's not how you do things. They're not Mm. geared to falling in love. They're geared towards sex. That's what they're geared towards. And that's why it works for men. And it doesn't really work for us. And again, I think like if men were as badly satisfied by dating apps as we are, there would be a whole new way of doing things. Mm. It's just like we're kind of complicit in this plot. I mean, like this, I keep saying it's like the machines in Terminator 2. Like we've outsourced all our like love lives to machines, to algorithms. Mm. That's not how, how you do it. And yeah. especially like, you know, when when you're in your 20s, maybe, I don't know, because I didn't have them in my 20s, but maybe it's fun. But at my age, it's just it feels humiliating. It's like, do I really have to do this anymore? It's not fun. It feels vapid as hell. And I think also it makes it that much harder to to get over someone when you do yeah. start seeing someone because a part of you feels like you can't really legitimize these deep feelings that you were having yeah. for that person because it was always so surface yeah. level. So this is the whole thing about if you're only seeing someone, I say that in inverted commas, you know, you're you're not official, you're hanging out, but obviously you can still develop very real feelings yeah. for someone mm. and then they dump you, but it's like dumping, yeah. is it a dumping? Is it a breakup? What is it? Because we've never been official, but obviously that can still take a lot of getting over. Yeah. And it used to be like, you know, you'd, you'd court someone and then it I would take a, and mm. it would take a lot of time to get sex and so men would have to put the effort in. But now <laughs> there's this universe, there seems to be this universe rule that you sleep with him on the third date but there's no date where he becomes your boyfriend it's like how is that possible like how do we not how do we have this kind of it's great to have but I think you should have you know if you want to have sex have sex on any date don't uniformly wait for the third but if you're going to agree about a sexual matter then there should be some kind of consensus on emotional matters because you know you as women, there's the, the cuddle drug as well, isn't there? In addition yeah, to, to... Yeah, and like it's secreted in the semen. And so if you start, I mean, like obviously you'd probably be using condoms, hopefully, like that, that would be wise. Um, but, you know, you, there's this bonding that goes on and it hits women really hard. Yeah, we discussed this in a previous episode, actually. Did you? The thing is, I think, you know, we, we, can, we can't like... There's a risk with generalising because I know there are men who use dating apps who are looking for serious relationships. And there are women who use them who just want yeah. something casual. I don't actually know any of them. No. But I'm sure they exist. <laughs> we, hear, we hear they exist. Um, We've heard rumours. And, like, and I, I, you know, I, I, I'm, like I said, I'm close to giving up dating apps, but I actually, this is slightly off topic, I just don't actually know how I'd meet anyone no. otherwise. No. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's so, so bloody hard to meet people because... You know, we're so busy yeah. all of a sudden. It these sounds days. ridiculous. Like you know, my mum will be like, "What are you talking about? You're young. You're in London. Yeah. There are single men everywhere." And I'm like, "Well, I just how do you meet them?" But I, I did a feel, lot yeah. of research into this because I found the date. I was the world's worst dating columnist because I just hated going on dates so much. <laughs> and I would get all this advice from everybody and and these dating experts who obviously do very 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 well. I mean, I think one thing one thing I want to do is there's this wonderful woman called Haley Quinn. He's like a feminist dater, yeah, yeah. and she's going to do this like boot camp like this romance boot camp on how you go out and get men. Because I think that maybe that's our solution. Maybe we need to kind of own it a bit more and kind of talk to I think it needs to be two ways. Well, yeah, but I think think the real life thing, like the whole thing she's kind of teaching you is to to not be a wallflower, to kind of go up and strike conversations. Because subconsciously women are still waiting for men to approach them. I think men need to do it too, though. They're all chickens. 
They're literally all chickens. But it's mm. like they, they're not chicken. They're, they're not chicken to, to say, do you want to shag me? After, no. Like, you know, like, yeah. they, I mean, like, obviously there's a problem because they hopefully they wouldn't say that to your face. Maybe they just need to put more effort in. You know, like if we didn't have the apps then everybody would have to make yeah. a bit more effort. And so that true. would be better. <laughs> Right, so slightly go back to what we were, the main topic. Do you guys have a tip for getting over heartbreak? Like, if you had one tip. Just don't contact them. Do not contact them. Like, every time you want to contact them, don't contact them. Okay, Like, it's the worst. I'd never do it. I'm always, like, sending them 10,000 messages and every time going, oh, my God, what did you do that for? Mm. And they always ignore me, but it's just just the worst thing. You have to be very, very disciplined. You have to, like, eat and sleep and exercise and don't just lie about in bed eating Ben and Jerry's. It's not... No, that's never going to It's not a lasting solution. (laughs) I would say say two things. First thing is don't be afraid to reach out to friends and be honest about what you've gone through because heartbreak on any level, it's ubiquitous. Everyone has their own experiences (laughs) to bring to the table. Everyone has their own stories to share that will make you... that will give you something to identify with that will help you to get stronger. Everyone has their own advice. And then the second thing I would say is... You know, it's never really very clear why someone's broken up with you. I feel like people always give, they pussyfoot around the issues. They, they want to soften the blow. Exactly. So it can be very easy to f- come up with these, mis- solve these mysteries in your head as to why they broke up with you. And often that comes down to you looking in at yourself and being like, well, I, clearly I wasn't good enough at this. And clearly I was failing in this, this mm. and this and the other. I think try and avoid that if you can <laughs> try and avoid creating all of these mysteries in your head about why it ended and just accept whatever reason they said and try and move on if you can mm-hmm. yeah i would add one thing though if you're the friend who has to, who has the heartbreak do not say too much bad stuff about him because there's always the risk that they That's get back true. together <laughs> and then you lose her friendship that that has been That's the true. worst mistake of my life really? Like, yeah, a couple of times you say, that guy, he was so... They get back together and you're like, oh, no. It can retard things for years. But at the time, surely that's what the person who's heartbroken wants to hear. Maybe, but they're still in love with them. That's Mm. the ultimate thing. And also the thing is, is like men can be crappy because they're really bad with their emotions. And sometimes they come back and they're better. So it's all a bit complicated. But anyway, you were going to say yours. No, all I was going to say is I actually have never been heartbroken oh, that's good well no it's not good but well it sort of is but it isn't but i've, I've never re- been in love properly um hence the lack of heartbreaking because i just tend to end things before they get anywhere um but i'm now just dreading it so great but it might work out it might work out for you some happy people do just meet someone lovely and then fall mm. in love and then get married have babies bish bash bosh brilliant i'd be surprised but i could be posted <laughs> <laughs> right On that disastrous note, let's move on to Dating Disaster of the Week. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um... This is from one of our lovely listeners. It's quite a long one, so settle in and enjoy. I'm 27, French, and looking for the one, or at least a guy I can have a good time with and see again. This is where I struggle. I guess being French means I have always been open about sex and don't mind going back to mine on the first date. However, I'm really old-fashioned and, like, and I like men to show a little bit of respect. Just a little thank you or something never killed anyone, right? So I matched with this guy on Bumble last week. We chatted for a few days and he sounded like a good guy. He was really into Latin culture and he loved it when I said I was French. We agreed to meet on a Sunday at 3pm. It was a weird time, but it was all I had free. I also don't drink alcohol, so I thought it would be okay. We went to the pub and chatted for hours. It was all good. I could see he was a nice guy. I was cold at one point, so he put his hand on my bottom. I didn't mind that. He didn't seem to mind either. I'm going to interrupt there and say I fully don't understand why being cold put the hand on the bottom. I mean, usually I think you'd go for an arm round. Surely the bottom's the warmest part. Anyway. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) We'll move on. Then we were really cold. So he said, should we go somewhere warmer? A smooth transition. I hadn't imagined he'd come back to mine that quickly. I hadn't tidied my room or anything. But I thought, okay, why not? So I got us an Uber and after getting home, I ordered us pizzas. Obviously, I paid for it all. We do live in modern times. Within minutes, we were having sex. I told him I wasn't on the pill, so he used a condom. But then we had an interesting chat. I asked him if he'd skip the condom if the girl didn't insist. And he said yes, because we are clean. I questioned what he meant by we. He then explained that we meant middle class people were clean and people with illnesses were more likely to be working class. Oh, my God. (laughs) No. He had assumed I was middle class. I wear a signet ring that I bought last year with my own money, but I'm not middle class. I was shocked. How could anyone think like this in 2018? I should have known then that he was a douche. So he left the house at 10pm and I thought he would text me that night. I checked my WhatsApp and he was online until half past midnight. But no text, nothing. Call me old-fashioned, but if I pay for the Uber, the pizza, yeah. and I have the condoms and it's my place, I was expecting a little, thanks, it was nice text, on his way back. I told him off the next day, saying this wasn't nice of him. He replied, saying, Sorry, I don't usually text until the next day. A few days after hearing nothing from the guy, I messaged him, saying, I hope your big meeting goes well today. I was trying to be the nice girl. He replied, Ta, and changed his photos on his Bumble profile. <sighs> From having sex on Sunday to a tar on Thursday. Class. Oh, my God. I know. I mean, there are so many Why aspects to that pigs? that are Why? awful. <laughs> I mean, it's also, like, incredibly relatable. Livia and I were actually just discussing recently. We fully don't comprehend how you can sleep with a guy you've been seeing, be it the first date, the third date, the fifth date. And then suddenly it can go to nothing. And I don't like to sit here man bashing, but honestly, this is just, I find it so shocking. Yeah. And the the, the thing about STIs and STDs, like, 
It's yeah. what? It's not a class thing. Never yeah. heard that before. I mean, the Baffling. thing is, the thing is, it's like I, 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 I really hope there are brilliantly empowered women out there going out and having sex and having a brilliant time. I really hope that is happening. By the way, um, anecdotally, I don't think it. In my, in my kind of experience, it isn't happening. But I think the thing is, is like it's really a bad idea to to have sex that early because I bet it was really terrible sex. She doesn't really mm. mention that. There's this thing called the orgasm gap. Mm. Have you heard about the orgasm gap? Indeed. I mean, like, best. you know, none of these exchanges really benefit a woman unless she's a really kind of empowered woman mm. who's going to say, you know, this is what you need to do and this is exactly how you need to do it. And quite a lot of the time, if you try to kind of say, you know, they, they just think that you orgasm and you're just thinking, I didn't even... <laughs> we never do, do we? Even, like, make a noise that could have made you think that. Yeah. Did I? Or maybe I did. You know, there's this woman... Did you see it on Twitter? About this this woman... No, this man who wrote into an agony aunt to ask why yes. his girlfriend went and masturbated in the shower Saw after this. they oh, had sex. Yeah, I did see that. And it's like, oh my God. Yeah, the thing is, though, it's a... It is easier for men to orgasm, isn't it? Like if you've but got a vagina, then no, it doesn't. No, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying they can they can have yeah. like it can be like a you know the first time they've met the person and they'll have a great time. Yeah. Whereas for a woman, like. Pfft. It's well, not, the thing is, she, she paid. She can... paid for the pizza and and the Uber, and it's like, and did, I want to know, did he give you an orgasm? Because he should be shamed if he didn't. I feel like. Even even the orgasm thing aside, like basic manners, like know, just say no, thanks. I know, I know. But like even whether they'd had yeah, sex, you're or, right. whether they'd had yeah. sex or manners. not, yeah. <laughs> she paid for their pizza. Yeah, yeah, you know. Thank you for the meal. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean, you know, delivery pizza these days is pricey stuff as well. Anyway. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, th- I will follow up that say this lovely listener said that she did meet a guy at a party since this awful date and she's very happy and excited about the new guy brilliant so we hope it works out go her Okay, so let's move on to this concept of overdating, which I think is absolutely fascinating. This is what I've written about this week. It's the concept that dating too much actually makes you less likely to find the one if such a thing exists or to to end up in a relationship. I spoke to various, um, you know, dating experts, relationship coaches about this. um, And they said there are often many problems with going on too many dates, you know, with um, essentially with various different people, not obviously dating one person too often. That's a different issue. Um, And they basically told me that it can make you fussier Mm -hmm. because you're always comparing and, you know, looking for flaws. It can also make you think the grass is always greener because you're on a date with one person and then you go back and have a swipe and think, yeah, well, I might line up the next one. There might be someone better. It also, you run the risk of forgetting things about that person. I, I think it'd be so, it's so embarrassing um, if, you know, you go on a date with someone, you go to a second date and it's like, hey, how's your new job? And they go, I don't have a new job. And that was a different date that had Ooh. a new job. And there's also, it can get you stuck in this cycle of just looking for the next rush and the ego boost of the excitement of, you know, a first date. Um Do you think that's what it is? It's going on lots of first dates rather than... That's what they mean, yeah. So uh, first dates or like the early stages of dating anyway. Mm. And that it can also lead to dating fatigue. And so I am someone who has been on my fair share of dates. I've I've dated... I was thinking about this the other day. Like I downloaded Tinder the day before my 22nd birthday. So this is what, three and a half years ago now. And... I've lost track of 
the amount of guys I've dated. Not really? all from dating apps. Um, but y- these are guys who, you know, will only last for one, two or three dates usually. And then it's it's on to the next. And I'm wondering if maybe this is what's going wrong for me. <laughs> do you think it's made you too? Do you think it's made you fussier? I think I've always been fussy. But maybe... I don't know, because I personally feel like I don't want to settle. I'm going to keep dating and dating and dating until I find someone who Mm -hmm. ticks all my boxes and, you know, that I really fancy, that the spark is there, that I enjoy their company, that I really want to see them. But you probably get more... They treat me well. As you date more, you probably get more and more boxes that need ticking because you're like, well, he didn't do this and he didn't do that. It's possible, but what's the solution? I think you can... I don't know, the men that I... I mean, I think Tinder was invented when I was like 29 or something. And I didn't start using it until I was over 30. So I I have a totally different perspective, Mm. I'm sure. But the men that I've fallen madly in love with, they have never been good looking, really. And I wonder, as I'm very quickly swiping past men's faces, if uh, I ever would have had, you know, the two, you know, the, the two loves of my life, would would I have even would I be in your situation where I'd never fallen in love before because I was just you know mm. just discarded his face mm. and also the other thing is is like the other thing is is I actually wonder whether he would have been either of them would have been on dating apps anyway because they weren't the kind of men who did that they're the kind of men who go to pubs. The yeah. thing is, everyone's on dating apps now. If are you're they? single, I, don't, I, don't I think ninety five percent of people are. I can think of like if I'm thinking about my friends who are single. I can think of one guy who's not on dating apps. I think I've got more friends that aren't on them because a lot of my friends aren't as into social media or technology. And if you, if you are they fifty? No, they just. <laughs> I've got I've got some friends that just don't do it. They never got into it. And if you're not if you're not someone that has Instagram, you're probably not someone that's on Bumble. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, yeah that's a red flag. Doesn't have Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> what? Where will they put their food pictures? <laughs> I get to this awful kind of them? stage at the minute where I mean like because I've been I went when all my experience of dates really have been just people who've been either so awful that I've cried all the way home or just like no connection at all and you just know it as soon as you see them you're just like no my mm. heart's just saying no and you kind of sit there and you don't really know what to do because you're like, oh, God, that's so rude. You can't just see a man and go, oh, no, no. Um, yeah, you can't do that. No. And then you end up kind of trying. And then and so and then so I get to the situation where I was sort of in this situation where this man, he was so lovely. And I was like, I was absolutely petrified. I was like, oh, this is going to go terribly wrong because you're nice to me and you're very handsome and you have a job. <laughs> and um, you know, it's it's just like they you end up kind of thinking that these sort of men are unicorns, you know, yeah, that they completely. just don't exist. So when you find one, you just I just completely freaked out and messed up the entire thing. Makes you feel insecure because well. I was just like, this mm. this can't be happening to me. So within a you know a few text messages, it wasn't happening to me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's the thing is. I like dating. I think dating Dude, that's is good. fun. I need that attitude. I I genuinely feel like um, with every guy I go out with, I'll only go out with a guy if I genuinely think there's scope for something happening there, um, whether I've met him IRL or on the apps. And I oh, I always get this like fizzy, nervous excitement to be like, maybe this is it. Maybe mm. Despite the that's fact so how cynical good. I am about falling in love, I am... 
on some level actually a bit of a hopeless romantic and I really think that you know every guy maybe this is it obviously it's never it but I <laughs> and I also feel like you know even when I have bad dates it's funny stories I mean even before I had this podcast <laughs> I thought it was always a funny story and it's a way of you know you meet interesting people you go to you know new bars obviously sometimes you get home you're just like well that was a waste of makeup and like why did I shave my legs and then um you know you can think of it that way but I try and just think like oh you know with every guy you date you learn more about yourself and about what you're looking yeah. for so that's good you're going to have success this is I know isn't she she's yeah. so much better at this yeah. than I am we were we had, so single though <laughs> well, we had we had a dating app expert come on and analyze our profiles and they were all over Rachel's they said she was like a star pupil and they said mine was rubbish <laughs> but I mean it's irrelevant because we're in the same situation I know but I'm so, I'm just so terrible I really don't I'm not like you were talking about over dating I was like Christ I'm under data yeah like, I, do, I never go on dates and the one time I do which was recently it's like two and a half months and I got bloody dumped. So I'm Aww. dating sabbatical. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it so much. It's so fucking hard. Yeah, me too. I and just, when you do yeah. find someone you like and it goes badly, it sucks. It's, you know what? Sorry, yeah. you go. I completely agree. I just like, I mean, like I'm going to be 35 soon, so I really need to step up my efforts, <laughs> but I just can't. There's just something in me that goes, no, please don't make me do yeah. this anymore. It's like PE. Oh, you know, it like, come on, are you kidding me? And I was so bad at PE. <laughs> like I was like the asthmatic, like overweight kid. He was just like, you know, just wanted to roll around on the floor and d- pretend to be dead. Relatable. Um, that's exactly what it's like. But I think, I think, yeah, I think you really need, I do think it's all about your attitude. Like one of the brilliant dating uh, experts that I met is called Dickie Hodgson and she's, she wrote this brilliant book called The Curious History of Dating and she's so on it like she like was dating she decided she was going to meet a man so she was like dating five of them at once five oh, at once God. five she How was like long? you have to I'm not entirely sure That's but she got she, and the one that she liked the most when she started out was not the one she now has the baby plan with so, Ooh, really yeah. That's so, so interesting yeah you need to check out Nikki Hodgson journey yeah yeah, I will. The thing is, do you know what I think is absolute bullshit that everyone says? Um, you'll meet someone when you stop looking. Or, yeah. My mother like, says that. It's just like, mother, just stop it. I know, it's, like, it's just the you, worst you thing. You literally cannot put that into practice. No, if no. you want to meet someone, you want to meet someone. And then you can, like, you'll meet someone when you don't want to meet someone. Well, that doesn't help me. Yeah. <laughs> I did this... Um, I did this uh, rep- retort, the bad romance retort repertoire for all the things that we get told as single girls again and again and again. Like you're looking in all the wrong places. Oh yeah, of course, because you know I checked the fridge. He wasn't in there. <laughs> you know, like just one after the other. Yeah. You know, like uh, you know it happens when you least expect it. Well, okay, so it's my fault because I expect it. Like what am yeah. I supposed to do? Just give up all hope, and then miraculously he's going to appear. Yeah, and do you know what I think is really interesting and like, I very much do. F- feel like personally I'm, I'm I'm going on dates because I am looking for a relationship when it's the right person but I'm also not desperate and I really do like being single and it's really fun but I do think that there's nothing wrong with saying I wanted to be in a relationship yeah. if that's what you want yeah then that's what you want and I think you know it's I love that we live in a time where women are empowered and being single is gradually losing its stigma yeah um We've still got a way to go, especially as women. Um, but I think there's nothing wrong with saying I'd like a boyfriend or a girlfriend. It's just like I read this. I mean, like the dating, I, some of the dating articles that I read are absolutely hilarious. I read this one that said, don't chase him, don't play hard to get, and don't message him. And it's like, 
<laughs> How on just earth? Just sit there like a like, duck. What are we supposed to do? This is this is what I like about Hayley Quinn because it's like you know the, there's all these rules that women have to do. Like yeah. they have to be like this. They have to be like that. Don't ask him questions. Don't kind of you know like play it cool. Like you know like how are you supposed to? Like you should say like with this last guy. Like I was really trying to play it cool, and then I just went mental because yeah. I was like I can't handle it. Like you yeah. know like it was great. It's great when they kind of regularly ask you out. But why should you have to wait for them to you ask shouldn't. you out? You should just be like. In fact, that's another thing that Megan wrote in the column. Like when she was dating a woman, like after sleeping with this woman, she and then she was going like near this lady's house, and she was like, "Hey, do you want to meet for for brunch?" And she would never have done that to a man. Mm. But it's like that's normal yeah. human behaviour. You know, there's there's this whole kind of text etiquette where you you know you mustn't get too too into it or whatever. I mean, like the best the best and most happy kind of period I've ever been when I was in love with a man was when he just texted me constantly. It was brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> but this is the thing you have to, I mean, we've discussed this as well, texting compatibility. Mm. I just want to sort of end this little segment on the fact that, like, like what you say there made me think of what one of my very best friends, Georgie, always says to me. And she is, honestly, she has so much common sense when it comes to dating. She's so wise. She always just says to me, stop playing the game and yeah. thinking about what you should do. If you want to message him, message him yeah. Yeah. if you want to see him ask him yeah yeah and it, it really i think it should be that simple sounds yeah. so it, yeah it sounds so simple and basic but you're right it should be just be upfront and be mm-hmm. honest and if he doesn't want that then you find out quicker exactly, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, I guess we will keep listeners posted on how Livy and I get on with our... Uh, oh, every week, guys. You're every going, week. Livy's going on dating sabbatical. <laughs> I'm not luck. sure what I'm doing. <laughs> right, we've got a few minutes left. So Olivia's going to read a dating oh, yes. dilemma. This is wacky. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was dating a guy a couple of years back as a result of a Tinder swipe. We shared a lot of interests and he had a great sense of humour. After a couple of dates, we went for a few drinks and ended up staying in a hotel. Pause that. Quite rogue going mm. to a hotel mm. continuing we chatted started falling around blah 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 we fucked <laughs> but whilst we were mid-sex he randomly inserted his finger into my belly button oh no euphemism <laughs> i don't really have any issues with belly buttons so i sort of went along with it when i quizzed him about it afterwards he said he had heard it's an erogenous zone to which i frankly just laughed <laughs> I did a little reading up on it afterwards, though, and this prompted me to do some more experimentation of my own. Sure enough, I did find after a few times it felt kind of good. (laughs) Am I just very weird or have either of you heard anything like this? I mean, thanks for sending that in. I love it. Yeah, I've never experienced (laughs) that myself. Always going to try something new. I don't know. It did make me think when I read that. I was like, maybe I need to experiment with the belly button. I mean, I've, I've never heard of that being... No, never have. Turn on. No. I get very turned on when uh, men kiss my neck. Yeah, I think that's I love quite common. that. And yeah, um, I just did this masturbation piece for Tatler actually, and about how we should, you know, be masturbating because that, then you know what you want. Yeah. And uh, OMG, yes, I think sounds great. Oh yeah, the great. app. Yeah, I mean, I know. No, but apparently, like, there's there's this, there's like twelve different methods, like prior, you know, like there's there's ways of manipulating things and down that area which I haven't I haven't kind of watched the explicit videos but at some point I would kind of like a man to watch that and then kind of come and see me like I you know I like some knowledge required reading ahead of yeah, time I yeah agree. I think that's definitely. important I mean I just think this is quite a fun story because uh, hey you know you find something new that you're into exactly mm. why not it's great love that's it. the great thing about sex you can experiment and you can have it in all sorts of different ways yeah, yeah. and don't be ashamed 
Well, thank you for sending it in. And that's it for today. It always goes so quickly. <laughs> thank you, everyone, for listening. Please subscribe to Millennial Love. Give us a rating and review us on Apple Podcasts, wherever else you get your podcast, because this helps people discover the podcast and it makes Livia and I very, very happy. Yes, it does. Also, what makes us happy is reading your dating disasters and dilemmas because they're bloody hilarious. Um, so please do get in touch if you have one. Um, and you can send them to millennial.love at independent.co.uk or you can tweet us at Rachel underscore Hosey and Olivia Petter one. And all your stories will be kept anonymous as always, so do not fear. If you want to contact us in another form, we have many modes of communication, you can join our Facebook group. Um, this is where we discuss topics from the podcast, news from the dating world, we share articles we've written, and we ask you guys questions. We just really want to hear your feedback, and we love it when you guys get in touch. So please do. And to join, all you have to do is go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash millennial.love, and we will put a link in the show notes as well. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much, Emily, for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's the other thing so you need to be fun. doing is to advertise yourself as available for dates if any hot men are listening. <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. If anyone would like to date us, do get in touch. Yes, exactly. hot men. We're here. I, every time I do a panel, I'm like, if any single men happen to be here and interested, <laughs> Why haven't we thought come of that? see We're me. We're like 24 episodes yes. in and not once have we thought to advertise us. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> We've yeah. reached that stage. <laughs> yes, listeners, hi. Do you like Aubergine Parmigiana? <laughs> Everyone um, likes Aubergine. Well, that's what I thought. But anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.